Hello, I'm Luther Manhole, and with me are co-hosts Reagan Bush and Brian Manning. Uh, this is Across the Puniverse, a podcast dedicated to examining the filmography of maverick auteur Albert Pune. What's up, guys? R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace. A little peek behind the curtain, Pune just died yeah. a few days ago. I sat at my desk and shed a few tears for the man. <laughs> we were just uh, talking at the end of the last episode that we did about how he was in poor health, and then uh, that definitely took a turn for the worse since then. Yeah, it's well, really sad. To say the least. I'm glad that but we're going to... Albert, if you can hear this, we love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we can have some more people watch his movies uh, by doing this. I, I mean, I know. think that is the only outcome that will come of this, other than maybe people <laughs> will start to hate our band or whatever. Because we're Yeah. Like, why do they keep doing stuff we don't care about? The country song? Country song and then this stupid podcast? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys watch anything else this week? Anything of note that you want to talk about before we get into this episode. Man, I saw The Whale. I'll just say that. Oh, yeah. I think, I think The Whale is the movie of the year for me. I cool. love Aronofsky. I love a comeback movie. I love a film to play. I love Brendan Fraser. There's a lot of intersections coming to me in that one. Yeah, I got to see it for sure. I uh, Yeah, I want to see that one. I uh, yeah, just saw like The Menu recently in theaters, which I also really like that one. But... I've kind of just been in video game mode lately since we've been uh, taking a break from music a little bit. Yeah. I've just been swamped at work, barely any time to, to watch <laughs> yeah. stuff, really. Oh, uh, really? I kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I wish Black I had Friday. a little more of that going on right now. But Liz got me a Katamari Mimasi re-roll, which yeah. is just the remake of the original game, and I played it for like eight hours yesterday. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really fun. It. I'm pretty much... I'm at the last level. I can't beat it yet, but... Yeah, I love it. My yeah. wife loves that game too. All right. Well, today we're going <laughs> to talk the, about. Do you think because oh. weed is illegal, so illegal in Japan, that they had to go beast mode with the psychedelics <laughs> in their video games to compensate? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> anyway, that was just a theory I had. Yeah, while I was playing the game, I was like, this is the most weed smoke game ever, but it's like. You know they the country. were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Chain-smoking <laughs> cigarettes making this crazy, cute, psychedelic game. Anyway, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the 1982 film, The Sword and the Sorcerer. Uh, and we have our very first guest, Zen Gigo of Cremation Lily. Hey. How's it going, Zen? Welcome, Zen. <laughs> hey, it's going good. I'm... You're our only guest from across the pond, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm excited to... Uh be talking about the puniverse yeah a movie <laughs> Great, yeah that's set in britain i can't tell if this is earth or they, <laughs> there's like a scene where they have like the dinner later like and from the franks are here and from so it's, it's like they mentioned like real places so yeah there's some kind of um attempt at making it you at least using names that a real yeah in some sense yeah kind of <laughs> arthur adjacent maybe like i don't know it, not to get into it too early but i watched the, i have the blu-ray of this movie and i watched the interview with punes where he dishes completely on this movie and i guess see he was famous as we'll get into later with other movies of like figuring out creative ways to do things cheaply and like the people who wanted to make mm. this were like, oh, we're gonna have to go to England to make these. Like, no, we can film this in California. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like kind of how he got the job by like explaining how he could film it in California. That rules. Mm. Yeah, because there's like the castle's like some hotel in Riverside or something. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> See, and I, I mean, I even was kind of, I don't, I mean, I wonder where they filmed like the beach scene at the beginning because I was watching. I was like, when they go to that cave at the beginning and on the beach, I was like, I don't know, this actually. I'm 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 buying this right now. It didn't look like how we were just watching the movie Munchies the other night. And oh my it god! Looked, Munchies. It looked like they were just hanging like gauze around, like you know, a, a, a shopping center, and that's their idea of like a Mayan temple. <laughs> I legit. Uh, I'm still mad at Stan for saying that <laughs> Munchies is better than Critters. That's such like a uninformed, <laughs> stupid opinion. Critters is easily the best of those like small creatures. Eighties. I movies. agree. I think Critters so, is better than Gremlins. It's it's funny yeah, as fuck. I, I would agree with that actually. 
Because it's got the whole alien bounty hunter thing. That yeah, the alien at. bounty hunter is like ace. That's that's like yeah. So Zen, tell us <laughs> what do you know about Pune? Yeah, life, the universe, everything. Okay. Puneverse. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so uh, definitely, I'm I'm kind of on the periphery of being a big movie nerd I think I'm kind of right on the edge there I listen to a lot of podcasts over the years I've indulged in lots of like during the DVD era I had a huge collection of B-movies and things um, so I'm definitely familiar I, I somehow though this was my first ever Pune movie uh, and I don't want to give it away but I in many ways, absolutely loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, yeah. now's the time to give it away. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. I mean, what, what an awesome movie. It just reminded me of, uh, like, when you were saying um, he, he had these ways of uh, getting things done cheaply, it, it, it works perfectly because uh, the things that it does try to do right, it does so right. Um, and that kind of propels you so, so fast through the movie. It's uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a perfect movie in a sort of streamlined sense in that it ke- always keeps you moving forward. Yeah, you can already see like this is his first movie, or at least his first like big feature. I don't. No, I don't this know. is the first. Thing. Yeah, first first thing. So, and you can already see like the hallmarks of Pune in this, like amazing use of color in this, like yeah. right off the bat. Like, he loves to do, like, super red scenes, super blue scenes. But that's all in here. Uh, crazy child-like uh, logic going through this entire thing, uh, like usual. That's that's pretty uh, par for the course with him. But, like, it feels I hugely abridged, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, huge jumps in time. That's a hallmark of yes. his all of his movies where it's just like, wait a minute. It's kind of inexplicable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, but no, I, I, it was very cool. I think with this one to see how, uh, like it's a good one for, for this to be your first. I think it's probably a lot of people's first with him as well. It was, it was, uh, his first movie, his first, like, you know, uh, it actually did pretty well. I was reading the wiki that it was it actually his did biggest like 10 hit times financially. Yeah. Still yeah. like it's, it's, I mean, it has a 4k Blu-ray. I'm sure it's the only one of his that has a 4k release, you know, or some sort of like, you know, modern uh, Blu-ray release. So mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty fitting one to, cause it, it plants the seeds for what I feel like is really cool about his stuff uh, or can be cool about it. There are uh, several very memorable scenes, uh, to comment on i would say uh <laughs> so i just wanted to i just wanted to mention that the like the the genre of 80s fantasy of is something that is so alluring from the outside as a as a nerd but movies so often fall short of that and i think the first and that the only one that sticks with me from being a kid in that era till now is uh the first conan well yeah and then yeah, Conan, Conan's like the the benchmark of this. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, it's one of my all time favorite movies. Same. Yeah, one of mine too. For sure. That one and, and Excalibur. Those those two, I feel like, mm. I like Conan more. Yeah, Excalibur is really good too. But those are both around this time period, and I think that's like probably a big catalyst to why stuff like this was even getting greenlit. There was also uh, Beastmaster from around this time. Yeah. uh, Which is a great one. Beastmaster is very good. It is, but Beastmaster is the best of, like, it is part of the wake of, like, when Beastmaster does not exist without Conan the Barbarian. Of course, yeah, yeah. 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 But I agree. I have the 4K of Beastmaster, too. That's a Don Coscarelli movie. (laughs) Animals, so many animals died making that movie. That's like... I've never seen Beastmaster, but it just, uh, it's a big blind spot for me. But so I always just think of the community Halloween episode where uh, Pierce, Pierce dresses yeah. as the Beastmaster and no one knows what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's a part in that episode where he takes a bunch of pills and Donald Glover's yeah. like, whoa, man, you have a full-on erection right now. <laughs> I think about that joke like a lot. Anyway, in a Beastmaster costume. I don't know, you had to watch it. Whatever. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Beastmaster opens with like a scene of like a magician 
transferring a woman's like child from her belly to the belly of a cow and then yep. it like gives birth to the baby and it's just like fuck yes this movie rules <laughs> it's too long though that's really yeah, the probably, key yeah. issue is that the final battle happens and then they're like they're gonna come back again it's like what and you look at the time it's like <laughs> it's 30 more minutes it's like oh okay that's one of the things that the abridgment of the story of sword and the sorcerer feels like it does well like you're you're never waiting too long for the next uh bizarre turn out of nowhere <laughs> yeah uh, and even all the way through to the end it kind of has this uh it, it feels a little bit knowing and uh i don't know if at the time it was knowing but um the by the end at least with the jason moment uh <laughs> it, yeah uh, yeah it be- it becomes uh, almost a parody of itself before the movie's even finished. <laughs> I just I don't know. I, I I do like what you said though. Just it, it's the the eighties fantasy is something that is pretty enticing to me as someone that's not typically like a fantasy guy. It's like this ex- this specific mm. vibe of that works for me. Like, well, Lord of the Rings ruined it all. Yeah, I, I the, what I wanted yeah, to say to you the other way. night. Uh, the movies. Andy, I was, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say that to you the other night that I had a hot take, but I, I was like, I have to save it. I, I definitely like this movie more than any Lord of the Rings movie. I would say by <laughs> orders of magnitude. I don't know. About <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. I, I like. Yeah, I, but I straight up do not like those even a little. Bit, I don't. I right? don't. You know what? Only from a nostalgia point of view, I'm thinking the first movie was pretty good. You know. But I don't think if I tried to sit down and watch it with the golem looking the way he does, I don't Dude, think I could get through it. It's punishing. I just can't. I really don't think I could make it through it. <laughs> I watched them all again when I had COVID, like a couple months ago or whatever, and I enjoyed them still. I those were big movies for me when they came out. So I was definitely ready to throw the gauntlet down with uh, Sword and the Sorcerer is better <laughs> than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you guys seen uh, Conquest? Yes, the Fulci, uh, Fulci. Yeah. Oh, that dude. is a gem. It's. Like, I mean, like it looks like it's even. This movie has a lot of like kind of soft focus lenses or something, uh, like sword and sorcerer. Yes, it is very like softly shot. It's yeah, it's hazy, and, and I love I love that type of shit. Conquest yeah. is is like that, but like times ten. It's like yeah. almost like they smeared Vaseline on the lens or something <laughs> like that. It's it's <laughs> crazy looking. But There's it's an a, insane movie. A race of aliens or monsters in that movie that is just like bootleg Chewbacca masks. Like they bought oh, like yeah. twenty <laughs> Chewbacca masks. That's like literally what it is. It's fucking awesome. I yeah. The ending of that movie, I mean there's this like this magical like bow and arrow the laser bow yeah yeah (laughs) i think the first scene is like those chewbacca guys like running into a cave and like literally ripping a woman in half whoa it's it's like it's a wild movie well here here's something to to click back a little bit when we were talking about conan the barbarian and excalibur somebody said they like conan better and i agree with that but i almost think that i like conan the destroyer even though i love excalibur I like really love all both the Conan movies. I think I might like Destroyer even better than Excalibur. Thoughts on that opinion? I haven't seen Excalibur in a really long time, so I don't know if I can comment on it. It's been a while since I've seen Destroyer. Uh, yeah, it's been too long. I do, I do like Conan the Barbarian more than Excalibur. I would say. I mean, I'm oh, just. Well, I definitely do. On that. I, I think at this point, I've said before. I think Arnold just has got to be my favorite actor because yeah. I look at yeah. I look at his movies and I look at like what I consider to be my favorite movies and like especially his 80s and up to mid 90s catalog there's like almost nothing that's bad it's in an in, in fact almost all of it are like some of the best movies ever made it's pretty much impossible to pick a top 5 of his movies absolutely cuz you always forget yeah, total agreed. recall or the predator or something it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, the it's best like, like but I think red heat is the only Tiny blot on his 80s. Like, I mean. Because Twins is fun too. And he's not the problem of Red Heat. It's Belushi is the real problem in that movie. But what about <laughs> yeah. Raw Deal? I don't I don't remember that one too. Oh, well, I love but... Raw Deal. Yeah. I should Raw Deal, watch it again. It's high camp, man. There's like a yeah. scene where he's arguing with his wife and his wife is like drunk and she made a birthday cake for dinner or something and she just like throws the whole thing at him. 
in the kitchen. It's like, is this a John Waters movie? But with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It's good. It's really good. But yeah, no, I, I love Conan. It's it's great. And I that like I said, that, that type of stuff is definitely more what I like. Because I'm not I'm not a big fantasy guy personally in general and uh this this kind of does the stuff that I want more fantasy to do, which like it starts with like an ancient evil being awoken. I like mm-hmm. any time that happens really in a movie. We see them like summon and there's like all the faces and the fucking And he looks Zuzia looks cool as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, he he looks name? cool yeah. as hell. Yeah. Uh The wall of faces is great. It's sick. Oh, yeah. I was like this it's incredible. At the beginning of this movie, I was like I don't understand why this movie got is like got panned cuz this is also my first time watching this one as well. Because uh, I was like, this is going so fucking hard right off yeah. the bat. There's like, uh-huh. you know, crazy magic going on and awesome practical effects and makeup. Uh, but yeah, that that was definitely uh, it does drag in the middle a little bit, I think. But I think it drags in the middle. <laughs> like the whole yeah. the first sequence, <laughs> the first sequence is amazing. Like it's yeah. the, yes. the whole part where they're awakening the Zusha. Is that what the person's yeah. name was? Yeah. Dude, they he uses fucking. Telekinesis to, rip to yeah, to rip the heart out of that. Or is it heart? I, could, I thought it was crazy. guts. I couldn't tell what it was. It was so sick. I thought that <laughs> it was, was awesome. so fucking cool. Everything just looks so squishy and wet. Yeah. As well. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple really wet moments in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Good, so. The and the IMDb trivia it says that like the actor who played Zusha in that beginning sequence uh, was wearing some contact lenses that like fused to his eyes Whoa. from that mud that, that he was in worth it though and they had to be surgically removed and he couldn't oh. do the rest of the movie so like when he comes back oh, later my. it's a different actor and i think that that like the whole i think that the most interesting part of the movie is like the dynamic between that sorcerer and uh and the sword and, well yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are the two best things in the movie definitely just 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 that guy is he's set up to be just like this terror the entire movie and then for the whole middle sequence he's just not present at all yeah he doesn't come back till the very end but he is though you don't realize he is there. <laughs> yeah he's, he's lying in a way oh yes he is yeah that's true he's possessed the one character yeah but i just wanted to before we get away from it there's that whole badass opening scene where Zusha just seems like the most badass thing ever and then there's a shot <laughs> of them outside and he like runs up to the king and he looks all like <laughs> he looks defeated already <laughs> it's like what is what is happening and like i guess like a lot time has passed because i think yes he's, it's been yeah. like a lot of time has passed between the opening scene and then the it's next pro- like maybe years like even yeah and he's all he's all hobbling like. and stuff and then the king stabs him and throws him off a cliff and the uh, stuntman died doing that fall it was in Griffith Park really? in Los Angeles. Yeah. So Whoa. I he missed the airbag and he died because he was wearing yeah. a bunch of prosthetics and shit, and it was just. So basically, just you allow you to to watch a man plummet to his death in this movie. And the yeah. Blu-ray does have a R.I.P. like as a featurette about that stuntman, uh, okay. which is kind of cool. I didn't yeah, get to yeah. watch it. I was halfway through watching stuff i had to do other shit yesterday. okay so he just like missed the thing was it was there like negligence like, happening or was it like, i mean he just who knows yeah pune man in the interview for this movie he's like he had a horrible time making it he tried to quit and stuff Damn. a bunch and he he's basically just describing he's like my whole career was like this where like nobody would trust him and they would take the edit away from him. And he was... Yeah. So he's talking about, like, I guess the producer and the editor were in league with each other and were, like, against him. I mean, according to him, at least. Right, yeah. And uh, so he... They would, like... They would, like, berate him and call his ideas stupid to his face and then just do whatever they wanted with the, the cut, with what he shot. And so he... And then mm-hmm. the, the score, which we've all talked about not being good. Oh, know? yeah, that's... For me, that's the worst part of the movie was the score is terrible. <laughs> he hates the score and it got taken away from him and he didn't get to input at all. And so he's mm. like, I don't like the music. Like he's like, it's fu- he's, he's like such a nice guy. You can tell he's like, it's fine, but it's not at all what I wanted. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. get, it misses beats of my movie that I shot that like it, it could have been like way better 
as according to him. It definitely sounds like a diet John Williams score, just like really cheap. There's a lot of Star Wars in this movie in general. Per- Brian said it was John Williams meets Sousa the other day. Yeah. And I, I was laughing yeah. about that. Watching it. Yeah. It's just like marching band John Williams. Yeah. It's like, Fuck, this is so bad. That was for me. That was the worst part of the movie was just the music. And it's pretty relentless. So like I agree. Kind of going all the time. And it's, yeah, like I, I agree that it misses the cues and stuff like that in the movie. I mean, is marching band music some of the worst music that there is? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might be fun to do, but yeah. it's fun you know, to do. I, I had a fun time doing. I did marching band in school, and I mean, Zen, were you in band in high school? Do you have that kind of thing no, over in never. England? Do you march down no, the street no. and whatever with drums and horns? Uh, no, not so much. I think it probably does happen around uh, London and the Queen and stuff like that. Kind of right, probably at some point, but uh, not not where I'm from. Like your high school. Yeah, they don't really have drum lines at, <laughs> at soccer games and stuff like they have. It's a at. huge deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, even uh, even like big league football, like soccer, it's uh, we don't have. There's like not a band and dancers and things like people that. People will have like a drum. I mean, I know, I know like supporter sections will have like people like banging on shit and stuff. But yeah, there's not like yeah, a drum yeah. corps out there doing fucking paradiddles <laughs> and shit. Like, there's a whole damn movie starring Nick Cannon about drum drumline and shit. And listen, guys, I fucking, <laughs> I rewatched it this year for real drumline with Nick Cannon. I love it. Yeah, I watched that movie too. <laughs> my, Kirsten, my partner, uh, she likes it more than uh, Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I genuinely liked that more than Whiplash. Which I've is never very seen it before. I gotta watch it. It's it's a very very by the numbers like you know it's against like Karate all Kid odds. but drumline. Yeah, yeah. And then, I used to watch a bunch of those like dancing movies like Stomp the Yard and stuff like yeah. that. Oh yeah, they all have the same plot, but they're yes. like kind of enjoyable anyway. No, I, I love it. I love uh, a good like really just any type because I I consider that in the realm of sports like drama you know where it's because uh, they're competing in that and stuff but anytime where you're Hell seeing yeah. like a, an unlikely group succeed uh and then someone's like proud <laughs> of them like that is I like it, definitely man. something that i you know that I, that i am uh, into <laughs> all those kinds of movies do that thing where uh you kind of jump into this world where it doesn't really exist in real life but like all of a sudden like dancing street dancing or whatever is like the most important thing in the world and you can have like a fucking career doing this and a huge competition where thousands of people are watching you and everyone knows about it yeah we'll hit that again with that with kickboxer 2 another (laughs) pune movie we will get into that because that is kickboxing is the most important thing on earth in that movie what is pokemon effect everyone in pokemon just talks about it all the time (laughs) what is y'all's favorite movie that does that I don't hmm. know. Karate Kid comes is kind of an easy one. I think that I just yeah. like I love that everybody loves karate and stuff in that movie. You know? I mean, but, does Fast and the Furious count? Just absolutely, like as the series. Yeah, just like the series in general. I might have to go with that. I, I probably have to think about it a bit to to come up with a answer to that. Because yeah, like street racing is so important when you're going. You see the events. It's like everyone has like the cool, fucking <laughs> unique like avatar car that is like re- you know representative of themselves. And uh, every there's like a million people there. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's great. Do you got ones in? I love the uh, yeah, Fast and Fast and the Furious. Uh, the first three for me were kind of they came out at a time when I could kind of get invested in that. <laughs> in that ridiculous world yeah yeah um yeah those are those are some of my favorites but i'm also a fan of part six as the london sequence yeah yeah exactly i'm uh, it's just got this london sequence where he's got the uh the bad guy's got that car that like flips the thing down and it turns into a ramp and they're like flipping cars and shit i think that's yeah. in london i might be smoking dust anyway <laughs> sorry zen go ahead <laughs> I'm a fan of uh, like a lot of anime as well, and you know, like say the Pokemon effect. Basically, all anime is is to some extent that. So <laughs> I've got plenty yeah. of uh, plenty of experience. Yeah, I love Hunter Hunter, and that's one where it's like the only thing anyone talks about are like is like the Hunter Association and stuff in that. Yeah, like it is all just exactly. it's everything anyone wants to talk about ever. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, it, that stuff is endearing to me. I mean, you you know. 
I don't want everything to be like that. Uh, no. That's just, like, so heightened like that, but I think it works. Oh, Color Money. That's my number one. Sorry. I'm going to yeah. kick Karate Kid to the curb. Color Money. <laughs> Billiards as a uh, yeah. real career. That's that's a brilliant, brilliant movie. That also reminds me of Over the Top as, as another good one. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm, what about yeah. Cocktail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I got to go down to Jamaica yeah. and learn from the best or whatever. I haven't seen that movie in forever, but you know, does he go to Cancun? He goes somewhere. Yeah. To bring it all back. I mean, and then his, line really would be one for me. Yeah. The dude, the dude that trains Tom Cruise to be the best bartender in that movie commits suicide, like in the movie. That's crazy. That's crazy. Something that haunts me <laughs> since I've seen it as a kid. Anyway. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, Raygun Bush, here with a little ad break for you. Now, I want to talk about the Flinzer, the record label that my band is on. The Flinzer is an incredible record label, home to many awesome artists like Brian's band, Bostonage, or how about Have a Nice Life, Planning for Burial, Amulets, Elizabeth Colorwheel, and so many more. You can get 10% off on albums and merch from these bands at nowflinzing.com when you enter promo code NEMESIS at checkout. You heard that right. Promo code NEMESIS will get you 10% off at the online Flinzer store. Now, offer does not apply to pre-orders or memberships. And to the future listeners, it will expire in 2024. So hop on it today and grab some cool stuff at a great price from nowflinzing.com. Now, back to the Puniverse. Let's get back to the sword and the sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the middle part of this movie drags a little bit. I, I It is... Maybe drag's not the word, because it kind of does, because the movie is, is pretty quick. Like you said, there is forward movement, but it's just like... It's more so the middle part is just focusing on stuff I don't care about as much. Right, yeah, is maybe yeah. a better way to put it. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I want to see the cool sorcerer. They seem to be subterranean for the whole yeah. middle of the movie. It's like, go outside and do one set piece outside. <laughs> yeah. And that would yeah. make everything a little bit better. And maybe yeah. that's a budget thing, maybe, that they just did all interiors or, like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we need to, to take a step back and address the sword, which is... <laughs> fucking ludicrous well, yeah dude I mean, for real we didn't even talk about the sword i know yeah well yeah the sword is awesome <laughs> that sword the sword rules so much it's so fucking great zen can you describe can you describe the sword for us for the listener what this fucking sword looks like it's extremely shiny and flexible it wobbles <laughs> a lot uh, and it and it it shoots it's a sword gun yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got three it's blades. Amazing. It's kind of a fork. I don't know. I don't know how to describe. Yeah, it, it is very fork. Yeah, kind of like a trident. It's a, it's yeah, it's yeah. a regular sword, but with two other blades, kind of like a top. <laughs> They're not, parallel I mean, to each other. Yeah, full size blades like in a row. And then there's a twist at the end where there's a secret sword inside yeah. of the sword that made me laugh <laughs> so yeah, hard. Yeah, she can shoot some of the blades out. Yeah, uh, which also fucking rocks. I love it at the beginning when he shoots the blades the first time. They kind of like the effect that they do. They kind of like drop a little bit and wobble as they fly <laughs> because they probably have like mm-hmm. toy rockets on them or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's fucking great. <laughs> so good. I, I lost my mind the first time that he fired that sword. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, oh shit, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean. It's right there in the title, baby. The yeah. sword and the sorcerer. Both of those are the best. I mean, it's the best parts of the movie. Talon with the sword. Absolutely. And then and Zushia, the, the sorcerer. All that stuff is so fucking cool. It does just get bogged down. When I, when I mentioned earlier the Star Wars comparison, I really feel like they're like... It's like someone heard about Han Solo through a game of telephone. <laughs> yeah. And so and they just made taste like, yeah, you know, he hates women or whatever, you know? He's just a piece of shit. Like cuz he just like walks in, he's like like he's just immediately a creep to her. Yeah. When he when she, when the the princess like is trying to enlist him to save his brother or her brother. Right. And it's just like it's not as endearing as uh you know the the light womanizing of uh Han Solo. <laughs> no. uh, he's just full on like, hey baby, let's like <laughs> no, nah, I won't help you for money. We gotta fuck. Yeah, he literally like, makes a, an agreement to like a sexual transaction <laughs> yeah. out of the agreement. It's just like 
I will not do this for money, but I will do it for one night with you. He's an antihero, you know? Maybe yeah. there's a little flesh and blood influence here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rucker Howard's character in Flesh and Blood. Anyway. I do I do want to also talk about the... I, I don't know if she was a princess or, like, she's some kind of royalty-type lady. But, like, there's this thing she does three times in the movie where she's about to be, like, yes. groped or assaulted <laughs> by a guy. And the guy's, like, hinting that he's going to, like, fuck her or whatever. And then she says, with, with what? what? And knees <laughs> them in the balls to escape. And then so they, they've got her, like, these guys are... It's, I guess this is when it first introduces Talon or whatever, like, as he comes back. Because uh, it jumps to the future from the the sorcerer's death. Uh, so he comes back and she's like in this alley being like harassed by henchmen or whatever. And he just shows up and he's literally carrying a raw deer leg and takes hey, a bite out of it. leg. He's like Fred Flintstone, dude. It was, she's like on the ground about to be... It's still got fur on brutally it. Brutally assaulted. And, yeah. and he's standing there just like, yeah, what's up, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> just like... He's... He's either eating or drinking in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> first ten minutes of his introduction. You know what? I like sure. Talon's the guy who played Talon. I think he did a good job. Jack Horsley. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all right. He's in a bunch of QT movies. Like he's in Django. Yeah. I watched it last night and I was like, oh my god, that's Talon from uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, he's in that and he's in Hateful Eight uh, for Quentin Tarantino movies, which is weird. But yeah, just a. Uh, character actor but he i mean he did a good job i i i did think that part i mean he lost me a little bit he's way better than mark singer in the Beastmaster. yeah to be i mean in my opinion uh yeah he he is a giant creep but it's i don't know it, it, it's an interesting character and it, it did just like between that and a few other things i was like did they just like watch star wars and they were like and kind of not just like take the wrong ideas away from it. I mean, there were a lot of movies that were ripping off Star Wars at, around that time. I mean, probably still today you could say that, but specifically mm-hmm. around then, there were a lot of like cut rate sci fi movies and fantasy movies that just lifted that structure, used it as a formula or whatever. Yeah. One thing I want to say about the middle of the movie that I like is the bald guy in the dungeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was a big <laughs> highlight for me. He's in a movie I really love called Hard Times, a Walter Hill, Charles Bronson picture about fighting in the Depression. Have you ever, anyone ever seen that? I haven't movie? seen that. No, I think I have it on my Plex. You do. You got it. You. I asked you to download it for me, and you did. <laughs> and I've watched it several times now. <laughs> and then when I saw when I watched this, I was like, "Holy shit!" It's that guy. And I was like, "Yeah, he's kind of only in two movies." But fun fact about that dude is that his role in Hard Times is like a direct influence to the strongman character in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark that goes into the fucking, uh, mm. but it's not the same actor, but he looks a lot like it. It's like, yeah, he's yeah. just like inspired by that character. Anyway, his death was fucking cool. It's like, man, that's maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. Is he, is he the one that gets his face like pressed yes. into the like grindstone or whatever? Cause yeah. like he's, that, he's that being racist towards that guy and stuff. Yeah. And then that guy like fucking you know, destroys his face on that grinder thing. Oh, that's when like they, so there, is that when they're like locked up and they're like, we have to enlist your guys help. They're like in that weird, like brothel maybe. And then it's like, yeah, we'll get them out. And then it literally smash cuts to them all in jail. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was actually. Funny, like yeah. it's super funny, <laughs> like legitimately funny. Man, Man, everyone's like, Oh, we all owe Talon a favor. Like we, he, we owe him our lives. Like he's, you know, the best guy ever or whatever. And then, yeah, just like a, Cut to them all being wiped. Yeah, Yeah. to them all behind bars. Yeah, that was great. Here's another kind of unsavory thing that I learned from the interview, from the Pune interview. He, I guess, when he came from Hawaii, like he had worked on like an internship with Toshiro Mifune on like Mm. a TV show in Japan. And so that's kind of where he got his chops and he was making like industrial films or commercials or something in Hawaii. And he came to America or he was in America. He came to LA to, uh, to make like movies or whatever. And so that's like, but he was really naive and stuff. And he's talking about like how sleazy LA was and he wasn't ready for it. The interview, if you can find this interview, it's, it really makes Pune seem like a really nice guy. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's speaking extremely candidly. So you don't have any real reason to like believe that he's lying or anything. But anyway, in that scene where they go in the brothel, this move- sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, 
the movie does feel super sincere and the the attempt to make a, a good movie and an entertaining movie is there absolutely and that's the through line of his whole work for sure yeah even when it fails which it does a lot it's not because <laughs> he's like i don't know it's not because he like wants to make something bad you know like it's or it's that's not like that he doesn't care i feel like i feel like he, mm-hmm. a lot of the times he just i don't know he, he does make some choices especially in the, the back half of the career that are pretty baffling but He's just doing what he could do. But anyway, let me finish this. Uh, in that scene where he goes into the brothel or whatever, everybody's topless. I guess yeah. the producers like pressured him into like asking them to get topless. And he was like, and it felt, it was like horrible. It's like, I didn't want to do it. They were like, you're the director. They'll listen to you. And he was like, is <laughs> yeah, it in their that contract? And they're scene. like, no. <laughs> he was like, I don't want to do this, but they are all talking. I mean, I don't know. So. <laughs> it's a very like Austin Powers moment of the movie for there just to be a bunch of like I mean, titty ladies in there. I don't know. It was just very. Uh, it felt a little out of place. I don't want to sound like a creep myself, but I thought that moment ruled. I was like, <laughs> I thought it was funny for sure. Yeah, I love in the eighties where there's just surprise nudity and stuff. You know, so ticking a box. Yeah, just in terms of a surprise nudity moment, it was fun. You know. I don't love the behind-the-scenes story about it. But. I think we probably look at nudity in film differently in America than, like, in the UK or Europe, where nudity is a lot more just common and accepted. Like, you see it in advertisements and stuff, and it's just, like, not a big deal. No one cares. But here it's not kind of, like, always been a big deal if some famous person got naked in a movie or whatever. Or, like, it always felt like that to me. And they don't do it. Yeah. You get to see Kay Bacon's Ding Dong and Wild Things at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> I was so amped for Wild Things when that came out. Back Dude, I day. love it, man. It's still... <laughs> do you not like it? I haven't seen it since, like, I don't know, since I was a teenager, probably. Dude, Arrow put out a lavish like Blu-ray of it, <laughs> and like, I fucking got it. It's awesome, dude. Wild yeah. Things is a crazy movie. I uh, Yeah, I wrote down in my notes, hilarious when the titty ladies beat up those guys, because they just come in. It's one of those... It, the reason why it's very Austin Powers to me, or it's just, it was like the, our hero runs through and they're all like, yeah, Talon or whatever. That they, they just they just love him or whatever. You know, he makes out with that woman just inexplicably, yeah. and then he falls on her and she's like, yeah, kiss me. Baby. Yeah, and then it's they like, all are just like <laughs> they, they can tell that these other guys coming in are bad guys, so they're going to trip them and just yeah. like slap them on the face. It was very cartoonish. It, it was funny. It was just, uh, yeah, it definitely felt very 80s movie. Now we're going to have, for some reason, a whole bunch of uh, naked ladies on screen. It feels like everyone in the movie knows who Talon is. <laughs> They're all, like, way, way into him. Like, And even at the end, he's, like, kind of, he's, like, crucified on, like, a cross. Oh, I, we have to talk about, I have so much to say <laughs> about the crucifixion. And, and all the guys in there, there's, like, these kings, They're like, is that Talon? Is that him? <laughs> like, yeah, I think it is. When he's crucified, it's like, dude, there's no coming back from that. Like, his hands... Dude, he's crucified! He's, like, it's, it's through his hands! His hands are destroyed. They're like railroad ties. They're not, like, little nails. Huge nails through his hands. They're, like... They're, like, destroying the <laughs> and, and no one helps of him off. He, yeah. he pulls himself <laughs> right off the cross. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> there's also... fucking rules. I mean, if Jesus would have done that, things would be a lot different. Am I right? Yeah, in my notes I wrote he's crucified what planet is this on like so is <laughs> so is christianity real in this like a crucifixion like i just don't understand where we're at in time and space it was so funny to me because when they like mentioned it i just didn't i don't know i just didn't think that when we got to like in in while they're in the dinner or the wedding scene i guess or that dinner he, yeah, he's just fully on the fucking cross with railroad ties in his hands. And he's just up there, man. Just like I feel like that scene was kind of like the uh, like a precursor to the uh, Red Wedding scene in Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones. or whatever. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's yeah. very similar. Those yeah. fucking guys definitely have seen this movie. Yeah, The, the oh, guys yeah. that wrote that show. I mean, George R.R. R. Martin yeah, probably Yeah, let's kill all the leaders in hey. the... I, I don't I'm not super into fantasy either. Do y'all read fantasy? No, I watch I like fantasy movies and stuff, but I, I don't do really read fantasy books. Um I mean I've read 
uh, The Hobbit and the three main Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, I've read the Lord of the Rings books and stuff. But... I haven't read the Lord of the Rings. Uh, but no, I was always a sci-fi guy or horror or, you know, at least with, with books, I like, you know, I'm a big Stephen King head. So I just ended up reading a lot of Stephen King and... Um, and then sci-fi stuff. Cause I, I'm more, you know, a, like I'm into Dune and stuff like that. So I read a lot of those, but never really, not much of, there's a shitload of fantasy fiction out there too. I mean, that's oh, an endless amount, probably where you're going to find all most of it, you know, with like, what's that guy's name? Brandon Sanderson. He's like popular or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like a popular fantasy writer or something. I'm probably getting that wrong. What about you, Zen? Do you read, read that kind of stuff at all? Uh, I tend to prefer sci-fi as well, um, and in terms of books, uh, like the fantasy that I've read uh, tends to be in the Stephen King, yeah. like he did a few fantasy books, so it's right. those, uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, just the class, you know, just uh, standard stuff, nothing yeah. nothing too crazy or um, obsessive, but the this movie did satisfy that itch, I've always wanted more uh, of that big over-the-top sword and sorcery action, I guess, and this mm. movie kind of fills that fills that hole perfectly. If you just um, either fast forward or you know, <laughs> allow yourself to go along for the ride, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did y'all see the Spine of Night by any chance from last year? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list. No, you 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 mentioned it to me before that it's good. That is a first-rate adult fantasy it's it's like rotoscoped so it looks like bakshi's lord of the rings you know or something but or, uh, <laughs> it waking life or something yeah but well it's not like true it's not like trippy like that trippy, it, yeah, it's, it's more just, like photoreal like not photorealistic I, I don't know what i'm trying to say it's like it just looks hand drawn yeah. or whatever yes yes yeah. <laughs> but it's just like it's got a lot of like badass magic like the thing about these movies when i said where the rinks ruined fantasy what i meant by that is it's like they all became kind of like family movies at that point but in the 80s it was like all these movies are hardcore violent they have questionable like the characters are true anti-heroes i mean right. talon conan mm -hmm. dar or whatever uh and like yeah they just all are like there's a little bit of kind of like meanness to fantasy that I, I love that shit. Yeah. There's, they're a little dirty in a way. I think that stems from Conan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you look at movies or even like, just like the general stories of like Lord of the Rings or like a movie like Willow or something like that. Mm -hmm. Most, or a lot of fantasy kind of use that template where they had like the small guy, um, you know, overcoming like the big world or whatever, David versus mm -hmm. Goliath kind of uh, arc to the characters. Then Conan comes in with this just like fucking, like the first thing you see is a Nietzsche quote. And then like, you just see- Which is amazing. I love, yeah, yeah, I love when movies yeah. begin with quotes and stuff like that. And then like, it's just the exact opposite of that like trope <laughs> or whatever. He comes in and like, you see his entire family get slaughtered and he's just like made into a slave where he has to- uh, you know, just survive and bulk up and become strong and overcome everything with through strength, and that's just uh, just not the usual uh, fantasy arc, I guess. Uh, in most cases, I mean, I, I I say that knowing that I don't know a lot of fantasy literature, uh, so maybe it's more common there than in the movies. But uh, yeah, Conan just comes in and dominates. Yeah, even Willow and Legend, though, which are like yeah. PG-13 and like four years after Conan. I think Legend is cool. I love Legend. I like Legend. They I still have that kind of like dangerous, like anything bad can, like bad stuff will happen. The Labyrinth, even, yeah. I would say, in a weird way, even though that's more kid kids movie. But like it, I like it when it has some seediness to it with yeah. fantasy. Like when yes. it starts getting to Lord of the Rings and it's like everything's so shiny or like... I, I play a lot of video games and stuff like, you know, Warcraft or anything like that. Like, I play World of Warcraft, which is, like, fantasy. But, like, it's... Even though I like that game, it is, like, way more, like, bright and cartoony than I actually like out of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, like... It's a fine line, though, because if it gets too, like, dour and dark, then it's not fun either. And, like, I feel like fantasy should be fun if you're talking about, like, magic and fucking, you know, uh, monsters and stuff. You know what I mean? So It should be pure fun. 
in my opinion. It's a fine line. It's it's a fine line. I think uh, for video games, uh, I think The Witcher does it pretty well. Actually, if any of y'all have played any of The Witcher games, like those are I never played it, but I did like The Witcher show. Yeah, and they're based on those are based on novels. So these Polish novels, which I haven't, I've never gotten around to reading, which people like a lot apparently. Uh, but there's definitely a sense of uh, of horror in a lot of the stuff that yeah. you mentioned that kind of isn't there as you get into the Lord of the Rings um, and sort of an element of, of, especially in this grotesque body horror um, mm-hmm. in the Sword and the Sorcerer, which is which places it much more in a realm that I'm I'm excited by, which is 80s disgusting horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a way better way to, that's a way simpler way to put it too, is like, yeah, just there's a horror element and that makes it good versus yeah. Lord of the Rings just yeah. doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah, you're you're totally right. That's, that's yeah. very succinct. Yeah. I think the first Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, like some of the orcs and stuff are kind of yeah. horrific. There's like the race. Like some crazy yeah, Shit. yeah. Those guys are um, cool, but it's like, yeah. I wish the whole movie was about these dudes. Yeah, I always wish that too. My issue with those movies, I just, I just don't like how they're paced, and it's, it's a story stuff. Because I mean, the camera, the camera work in the Lord of the Ring movies are awesome. They do lots of in-camera effects, doing stuff with perspective and stuff. It's all forced perspective and shit, like the no mobile. It's awesome. Like that stuff is awesome. I just like, I don't know. I just put it on, and I just, I'm like, I'm out, and like. 20 minutes i'm i'm <laughs> i'm snoring i'm falling asleep whereas you put on the sword of the sword the sword and the sorcerer and in in a hundred minutes you get yeah you're seeing a wet demon in your- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get someone's face sort of sanded open you yeah. get the cronenberg transformation scene at the end fly-esque yeah. scene at the end that was <laughs> so cool that's my favorite wet moment when he drops his face on the ground and it's just like like at their feet it's just like this wet hair and skin it's like fucking oh so good yeah the beginning and end of this movie really really make it which is a common thread with some of his stuff uh but yeah it's that that middle section where they're kind of just like going in and out of the castle a few times and kind of like saving someone and then being captured and then being saved and then being captured or whatever it just happens like a whole bunch of times in a row like at least the movie's not like super long or anything so it definitely it gets you there basically once we get to the crucifixion and uh and talon ripping those fucking things out of his hands just through sheer force and then yeah it's just a, a brawl pretty much till the end of the movie uh with a, a lot of cool set pieces we finally get to see the sword really get used yeah. too, which is awesome i was like he the sword okay as we mentioned has two projectile sword pieces on it one of them he uses to kill zusha or mortally wound him but then the other one he just he's like all right and he fires it into a a pillar and he's like i'll fight you normal sword wise it's like what shoot him with that yeah just to make it fair (laughs) i guess it's just because like talon and then i guess they all have some sort of like because they do that honor brawl earlier between crom we didn't even mention cromwell yeah we haven't even talked about him at all but like the villain (laughs) of the movie yeah we haven't even we have haven't talked about richard lynch which richard lynch kind of is a saving grace of the middle of this movie yeah he's good he is a good villain and uh, but yeah, they have that part where they just like kind of like yeah, let's just see what we're made of, and like Cromwell's not letting like his men attack him. Like they, he wants to know that I can beat this guy, you know, mm-hmm. and so he gets mad when mm-hmm. the one dude just kind of like kabonks Talon on the head and, and then, knocks him out. <laughs> there's sword fight at the end when he's like, "I'll fight you with regular swords." Then they start revealing uh. swords within swords because <laughs> Talon does it first. Yeah, but then Cromwell is like, "I also have." two hidden knives within my staff it's like i was like rolling with laughter dude and then he's finally killed with so an assassin's awesome. creed style hand like palm blade from talon <laughs> that just like reveals itself richard lynch is like a weird looking dude all the purple sparks in the sword fight oh, yeah. just look oh, incredible yeah it looked cool and i liked the one where they're fighting in like water kind of in the middle of the movie too when they first like kind of defeats talon and Talon's all knocked honor that honor brawl yeah they're the, like in the water there I mean just the setting and stuff like how they're like in the water and sh- I don't know it's just like this is like underworld or something you know is what it reminded <laughs> me of 
Anyone into those movies? Lighting is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So... <laughs> the uh, the lighting throughout is is oh, yeah. really beautiful, and uh, anytime there's something wet, it glistens under those beautiful blue and red lights. <laughs> it just, I don't think any other movie does uh, like glitter at night better than this movie in a way because it stands out amongst everything else so beautifully even like again this is his first movie and he he's just like already just like that is the thing that he is talented at is like he's a very visual storyteller for sure and Mm. it's it's just very strong in this one it was very impressive to me especially this one and then going into his second movie radioactive dreams which is our first episode like it's very cool just to see that carried over that he just immediately Hopefully he recognized, if he was not a big fan of working on the movie, hopefully he was like, well, I liked all the stuff where I got to, like, use lots of crazy vivid colors, you know, like, maybe that'll be my thing, you know, and I hopefully that was something that went through his head, because he was really, really good at that. Yeah, I think he, he's, he doesn't have good memories about making the movie, but he's like, ultimately, he's proud of the movie, and he's very proud that it made a bunch of money despite the producer and the editor being like dicks to him and acting like he was making a piece of shit. Like it exceeded everyone's expectations. And that was kind of like justice for him. I mean, it launched his career. Yeah. As a visual piece, it's, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's got so much going for it. Uh, it just kind of falls down in everything that's written. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Everything after the fact, but if you put it on, I, I'm definitely going to watch this movie again and maybe on mute um, and just appreciate <laughs> it because visually it, it really is lovely, especially at the start and the end with the, yeah. the the really vivid light. Yeah, it's one of those where like, you know, I've, I've had like a Halloween party at my house and we just throw on like Nosferatu on the TV or something just <laughs> muted yeah. just to have the images. Like, yeah, you can just toss up Hell fucking yeah. Sword and the Sorcerer and just have it just displaying images. And he has a lot of movies like that. Cyborg is good for that. Yeah. Nemesis is good for oh, that. Oh, yeah. Nemesis, yeah. for sure. Uh, because, yeah, that, we'll talk about it on the Nemesis episode, but, yeah, the acting, <laughs> that is just, I don't know, the lead guy. Yeah, Olivier Gruner or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gruner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not very good. Um, but one more thing, before we completely close out, I just wanted to say, in the interview <laughs> with Albert Pune, he says that... Uh, Richard Lynch was straight up just high on cocaine the whole movie. And like, like I mean, people came to him and were like, uh, he's like really high on cocaine. And like he, I guess <laughs> didn't even really know what cocaine was. Cause he was like wow. a true babe in the woods, you know? I mean, he just oh, said he, didn't he had never experienced it or been around it, you know? And he was just like, it seems like it's helping his acting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's intense in it, for What's sure. crazy is he plays almost the exact same character in a movie four years later called The Barbarians with the Paul brothers or the Barbarian brothers. We were talking about this a little bit off mic yeah. a few days ago. But uh, I don't know. Check that one out. He also plays the Nazi villain in Puppet Master 3. Wow. I feel like Richard Lynch looks like... The like heavy kid from the Sandlot, like stretched yeah, into a he, weird. Shape. It's the eyes. Yeah. He has his eyes. His nose too. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Patrick Renna. I don't know where I'm pulling that name. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Patrick <laughs> Renna. <laughs> also, what's his name? Winters from. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Winters. Uh, yeah. Alex Winters from uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, and then also Freaked, which is a yeah, very Freaked weird movie. Yeah, Freaked is a great one, yeah. I love Freaked. And he's also in uh, Lost Boys with that huge, yeah. like, curly mullet. We're just, like, naming, like, big-eyed blonde men yeah. now. <laughs> when, I, when I was little, and I saw Puppet Master 3, and I had only seen... I knew Christopher Walken from Wayne's World 2 only when I saw Puppet Master 3. I was confused. I thought it was Christopher Walken in Puppet Master 3. I know he doesn't talk like him at all. But maybe there's a little bit of walking in there. I don't know. But maybe just a child can be confused that way. I think he has a beard in that movie. Forgive me, guys. Anyway. Yeah. It is insane. So once this movie, like, wraps up and they're just like, you know, the princess is in like, hey, don't we have some uh, business to settle? Like, now oh, she yeah. definitely wants to fuck Talon. Yeah. And then he just, like grabs her and Tarzan swings. And that's like. The- yeah. It's like, should we take the stairs? No, let's maybe die 
going on a flag. He's wearing like a loincloth. It's like straight up Tarzan. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's. She also mentioned that she tries to do her classic with what move to um, the guy that, yeah, Zersha or whatever. He, mm-hmm. He's like disguised as, uh, fuck, I already, I'm forgetting these people's names now. McKelly or whatever. He, yeah, he's, the advisor. He's like Cromwell's, guy, yeah. yeah, he's like Cromwell's advisor or whatever. And he's been like double dealing the entire movie. He looks then, super evil, just like... Yeah. He's like, ha I'm a demon. I have no genitals. <laughs> right, yeah. She, she like, she, she knees him in the, in the nuts, and it makes, like, this, like, hollow wood sound. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, like... When, when it happened the second time... Yeah. When she, like, you mentioned it earlier that she does it three times. Yeah. When she, when she does it the second time, I laughed so hard, because I was like... She's gonna do this a third time. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's no doubt. Since it happened man. a second, no, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> and then yeah, is it? That's like yeah, a pune move to have. Fun. Like these people have their classic moves. Like in a radioactive dreams, all the women tried to get out of their or solve their problems by just like suddenly making out with the dude. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Like they just like, all of a sudden they start making out with them and like you know to pickpocket them or whatever or you know deceive them in some way. Well, that's what's fun about a lot of peen stuff is that it has that it has like some slapstickiness to yeah. it or it has like that through line of like of really big broad comedy like that. That I definitely think that speaks to the child logic yeah. stuff that yeah. comes up in a lot of his stuff. It's it's great. I think yeah, this movie might have a little bit of problems, but I thought it was uh, ultimately uh, or ultimately a lot of fun and fun to look at and i had a good time with it agreed so should we what i can't remember it tries really hard yeah yeah it does it definitely does does try hard like that is you can tell that it was not uh and not in a bad way a lazy effort yeah not in a like we call people tryhards or whatever not like like that but like in a i i respect it i respect it for trying so hard agreed me too getting so much right that's one of the i mean that's kind of one of the main things about Pune that's so beautiful yeah. is that, you yeah. know, he just, despite, like, odds against him almost at every turn, he made some pretty, at least visually, amazing movies, you know, so. But anyway, so I can't remember what we did at the end here. Well, yeah, so I guess coming up on the end, and I guess, so the, what we're going to do, is it's very easy, you don't have to, like, uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it just a thumbs down thumbs up thumbs down every one of us for the movie so it could have a potential of you know a max of four thumbs up or you know a bottom of four thumbs down uh so i guess zen we'll start with you uh how, how in summation how did you feel about this and with a, a thumbs up or thumbs down also uh, it's definitely a thumbs up from me. I thought it was visually uh, really interesting. It captured my attention all the way through, and um, I'm super excited to keep rolling in the Puniverse and see what <laughs> else is, is going on. Yeah, because yeah, I love I love this movie. Definite thumbs up. Most of his other movies are sci-fi movies too, or like uh, futuristic, post-apocalyptic things, or yeah. cyborgs. Definitely mm-hmm. check Nemesis. Yeah, Nemesis. I would say if you are more of a sci-fi person, yes, then like, I agree. Nemesis is the that's his masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It it's it has its issues as well, like a lot of his stuff. But it, it is like very solid. It's very proto Matrix in a way too. Like there's a lot of like visual style in that movie that just like straight up is ends up in the Matrix yeah. a few years later, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. That movie goes hard. It's just like fucking great. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I yeah, I also uh, I like the movie a lot. It's a thumbs up for me. It's uh, it's really cool. Even if he did not enjoy his time making this movie that much, it's as cool to see in his first feature the seeds of uh, a lot of his other stuff already looks like already fully here with you know uh, just things that we'll see throughout the rest of his stuff is 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 really cool. Any movie, like I said, that has like. Anything that features like demons and stuff like that is typically going to be something I like. So agreed. When you're just having like weird like sorcerer demons and gore and a crazy fucked up three bladed sword, like all that stuff is absolutely what I want out of fantasy. It's just like shit that isn't real, you know, or it's like stuff that is very crazy like that. I don't necessarily like as much uh, when it's just you know like elves and 
and humans like talking about uh politics or whatever like talking about <laughs> like infrastructure of their societies uh it's like i kind of want fucking swords and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so yeah it's i don't know it's a it's a thumbs up for me i really like this one yeah i mean i also will give it a thumbs up uh i've i've watched a lot of these uh like 80s barbarians as slash uh sword and sandals or whatever they call those movies uh and this is definitely up there among the better ones uh it's better than much better than like ator the fighting eagle or like the, oh yeah the death stalker <laughs> movies which death stalker dude <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about death stalker death stalker i kind of like but like the dude's also a creep in that one like totally the entire time he's just like this like creepy womanizer and like <laughs> Uh, I I don't know, I probably stole that from this movie really uh, and but it prom- Deathstalker promises this fucking cool looking monster on the box and then all you get is this guy in like a pig mask yeah it is Richard Brooker who played Jason in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three oh yeah yeah that's cool yeah but yeah it's not the same as the box yeah. is like a weird like I mean it's yeah a- amazing artwork but it kind of looks like the Rancor from Star Wars or whatever yeah it does box, it does yeah. totally. Always fascinated that with that when there was like movies in the eighties and nineties, especially that like because you know, I remember going to the video store as a kid in the nineties and like a lot of the time you're just picking off of a cool cover, you know, rather than anything else about it. And I always love when the cover is just completely unrelated at all to what you're watching. Like totally. I, for for some reason, it always sticks out in my mind. There was uh, I grew up. Uh, the first few years in a small town in Missouri, there was a place called Aardvark Video, I remember, <laughs> and we went there, and they had a VHS of uh, of Dead Alive, or uh, what's that called? It's called uh, Brain something Dead. else. Uh, yeah. Brain Dead. Uh, and it has the, the cover of that one is like the person screaming in their mouth, and there's like the thing, and so like there's a monster inside their mouth. It scared the shit out of me. I couldn't even, when we'd go to the video store, I couldn't even walk over there. I was like (laughs) six years old or something. I couldn't even go over there because the cover was there and it like freaked me out so bad. And then when I was in like high school or I don't know, like 12 or 13, uh, a friend had that on uh, DVD and we watched it. I was like, oh no, this is like amazing. And I don't know why I was so terrified of this fucking cover. But I I always liked that when a movie especially for that era, just like the poster or the cover is completely unlike what you're going to see in the movie. <laughs> Were there video stores like that over in the UK back in the day? Yeah, yeah, definitely. My my local was called Starship Video. Nice. I uh, purchased many um, movie posters from there for Tempe ago. Nice. To adorn my room. Um, <laughs> and I, I would, of course, always go by the cover as well. Um, and... Uh, I think that's how I saw Conan. I think that's how I saw um, lots of movies that end up as my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was originally drawn to through the the box art. VHS Um, art was like great. It's really that stuff has really taken a nosedive, in my opinion, in recent times. It's just not there's no there's not the kind of same like uh, elaborate. Uh, presentation as on those old 80s and 90s video yeah. cassette boxes. It's probably just because like there's just that. W- I, I think they probably knew that. Hey, this is a big way to get people to watch. Like uh, back then, when there's not the internet to just hear on Twitter that hey, you should go see this movie. It's just like we need to make our cover look cool as fuck. Yeah. So some 13 year old and all of his friends goes <laughs> and sees it. You know, like well back then you had. You had people painting. Yeah, that's like, a big thing too. The posters and stuff. Yeah, there's lots of paintings. Yeah, and like now it's like, it pretty Ten much like the late '90s on horrible. There was a period where it was really bad. Like I'll refer <laughs> to the Friday Thirteenth DVD box set as some of the worst <laughs> graphic design I've ever seen in my fucking life. You probably have <laughs> it on the I, shelf there. I think I have it. Pull one of those over here. Ba- those yeah. discs out, man. It's super Take, bad. It's bad. It's bad. When and it's like all the original posters are like mind blowing art. Like the original Friday Thirteenth poster is beautiful. Uh, anyway, Brian, did you ever did you finish what you were saying? Did you give it a oh, thumbs yeah, up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also give the movie a thumbs up. So I, I yeah, I really just I feel like the I guess maybe to conclude the video 
box art. It was like, I was going to say that, uh, uh, I feel like that presentation like influenced me a lot as a kid, uh, in terms of my own, uh, you know, art- artistic tastes or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. sensibilities, like that stuff really was like just formative for me. Uh, and I love it. I, 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 another box that comes to mind that's not really even related to the movie is chopping mall, which is oh, just yeah. like a yeah. shopping bag with like all these body parts hanging out of it. It's so fucking great. I remember seeing it as a kid and just thinking it looked so cool. Uh, <laughs> and that movie's awesome. I love that movie, but I just, yeah, I love seeing the box art and then having it not really related to what was in the movie mm-hmm. and don't really get that anymore. Unfortunately. Yeah. What about you, Big R? Uh, well, I just remembered Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. <laughs> the The poster of that is a play on, I believe, last. It's a believe. I believe it's the last action hero. That movie could could not have less action or anything in it. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna give Sword and the Sorcerer a thumbs up. I liked it. I'd liken this movie sort of to like Lou Reed's self-titled versus Radioactive Dreams is sort of his transformer where he becomes who he really is on yeah, his yeah. second movie. Although you can see a lot of, there's not like, it's not like the first movie is trash or you could, if you like Neil Young, does Neil Young have an album before, after the gold rush that so he's kind of disowned, but it's like, whatever. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, this isn't even close to my favorite Pune movie. So maybe I'm giving it a soft thumbs up, but a thumbs up nonetheless, just because I know we're going to soar. We soared to great heights, even in the next movie with radioactive dreams over this one. But like, I mean, cyborg cyborg and nemesis are the reason we're doing this. In my opinion. I mean, that's like (laughs) what brought me to pune and captain America. I should say, although I have not seen that in a long time. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch that. I know it's famously pretty bad. That's a big blind spot for me. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, so. Uh. But uh, yeah, I love, I love this. I love Pune. Thank you, Zen, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, an interesting thing we could talk about. A, a, a you know, a lesser known director and. I'm glad you know you could come on to talk about this this uh, very <laughs> niche subject with us. Yeah. Since we haven't talked about we haven't talked about music, which is kind of the point of this. We didn't on the first one. We had it's just us. We had no one, nothing to plug. But I think Zen, your your project is called Cremation Lily. You want to speak about? Oh yeah. Speak about Don't that. You, plug uh... your your shit a little bit. yeah um yes cremation lily it's just uh music that i make and uh you can hear all about it at cremationally.bandcamp.com uh lp out via the flenser this year called dreams drenched in static that's the one to check out fantastic album great record zen makes very great music uh and i advise everyone listening to check it out if you are unfamiliar absolutely agreed well all right i guess we can wrap it up thanks for uh that's that's it for this episode today. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Zen, for coming yeah, on thank you again, and doing yeah. this ridiculous thank thing. Thank you with so us. much. This is sorry if it was a little awkward. This is our, you know, is the pilot sort of episode zero. This is sort of episode one. You know, like having another person in here talking with us about <laughs> stupid shit like this. So appreciate it. All good with me. All right. All right. Cool. Well. Safe travels across the universe. Yeah, until next time. Did we have a thing we were saying at the end? We until next time. <laughs> yeah. Watch the skies or whatever, because we're going across the universe. I'm yeah. uh, mixing, yeah. mixing things Strap up. Strap in. Right. You're going across the universe. Across, 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 across the universe. universe.